I'm Anna Newton and welcome back to At Home With. This is episode eight and it feels like it's been absolutely ages since we were last here because we had a week off from doing our little intro and outro meeting because we were in Ibiza which I'm sure you're absolutely sick of hearing about by now. (laughs) Yeah we both put vlogs up on our channel so you can go watch those if you want to know more about Ibiza but it was really fun. It was amazing we'll go more into that later on when we talk about what we've been up to but thank you so much for all of your feedback on Clemmy's episode we knew you'd love it and here's what you had to say. I saw a tweet from Emily J. Wheel saying, I didn't have time to download at home with before I got on the tube, so I'm listening in 30 second bursts when we get to each station and I get Wi-Fi. And this comment really made me laugh because Anna's recently learned how to get Wi-Fi on the tube. I did it for the first time today and I really wanted to do that like Deli Alley challenge thing, you know, like the I challenge thing and like take a picture and upload it and be like, did this from the tube because I feel so (laughs) cool so so cool about that and at Leah Rose Tickle tweeted loved this week's podcast Simon in his lycra was the best moment (laughs) that was my favourite moment too so funny that was really funny Clemmy was so interesting to chat to and she gave us some great advice and her home just gave us some serious interior inspiration I knew you guys would love it because we loved recording it if you'd like to get in contact or message us about an episode, then please use the hashtag at home with and we will read out our favourite tweets on next week's episode. Also, please don't forget to subscribe. It's totally free and you can rate and review us if you fancy it. To see photos from the guest homes, listen on the Acast app and they'll pop up on your screen as you listen. It's my favourite way of listening to podcasts these days. Also good if you've got an Android phone. Yes. So here's a bit where we talk about what we've been up to and let's skim over the Ibiza bit because we've put so many videos up and so many Instagrams, I feel like we haven't stopped talking about how great Ibiza was. But in short, it was amazing. So beautiful. And the weather, the weather was great. The food was great. Our husbands learned how to backflip into a pool and we basically (laughs) recreated our uni days by clubbing until the early hours of the morning. But in reality, it was just one night out and it killed us for the rest of the week. It was one night out. We didn't get back till 4am. Oh my god! And there was an amazing moment where I was on the loo and I could hear them playing that horny song. (laughs) You know, honey, 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 honey. honey. I was like, where's Anna? (laughs) And I was quickly like zipping up my shorts. I was like running and I like ran to Lily and I got to you just before the chorus hit and we were like, whoa. It was great. There was drag queens dancing, so many bare butts. It was, yeah, It was so good. But what have you been up to since Ibiza? I've missed you. Oh, have you? (laughs) Oh, I know. It's It's been a few days. It's it's been like three days. I've written notes because I feel like there hasn't been that much. So I've really had to like rack my brain for this. But we did both come to London for our friends Patricia and Jamie's Mac collaboration launch so that's Patricia Bright who was on around episode four I think Mm -hmm. four or five and they've collaborated with Mac to bring out lipsticks and they are both beautiful we are both very proud friends yeah just very cool Patricia's is like a really deep dark kind of cocoa brown and then Jamie's lipstick is like a really pale nude very pale nude I can rock it with a nude liner and actually I went to go see my friends the other night and they were like yeah if you get another one of those can I have it I was like yeah yeah sure I'm gonna get another three yeah I'm sure I'm (laughs) sure that can happen so that was really fun and I'm also obsessed obsessed and I've got Mark obsessed with this too with a cooking channel on YouTube Bon Appetit they are a New York based food magazine but their YouTube channel is just so engaging interesting informative funny mark and i love a series with this guy called brad called it's alive where he cooks with like live cultures on he does like kombucha and sourdough and he loves woodworking and he wears like little lumberjack shirts he's mark's guy crush and my new crush he is so funny and i spoke about it in a youtube video and people were like brad is god Brad is amazing. Okay, I promise to watch one if you promise to watch Somebody Feed Phil on Netflix because that's oh. my food obsession at the moment. Okay. It's so good. It's kind of like a documentary. He travels the world and travels all these different cities and eats the food and he's so funny. Okay. It's a guy called Phil Rosenthal with Pinky Promising. Pinky right Promising, now. yeah. Okay. We can do that, yeah. You tell me when you're doing that. I will. I'll watch mine. Okay. Yours. I don't believe you. <laughs> what have you been up to? So I had like a few house dramas. We're getting towards the end of our project now which is very exciting but yeah, last week we had water pouring through our ceiling. That was fun. A nicely newly painted ceiling had to be kind of ripped apart. But apart from that, oh, I have been up to something, which you might have seen on my Instagram. 
I've been trying to teach myself how to play piano again. I used to have lessons when I was younger, like up to I was about nine or ten. Did you ever have like music lessons? I did flute. Yeah, so you know when you're like forced and you have to practice and it's just like, I don't know, it's not really fun, you just feel like you have to do it. And then suddenly I did it out of nowhere. I just thought, what a good way for me to relax and zone out and not be on my phone. So I've been using like YouTube tutorials. I've been teaching myself the La La, like Mia and Sebastian's theme song. I love that song so much. It's been really enjoyable actually. Like I can't wait to go home and practice. (laughs) See, at least with piano, it doesn't matter if you get a laughing fit. Because with flute, we used to get laughing fit. So I used to do it with my two friends and we had to face the wall. Because it would make the other two laugh. But then that would make us laugh even more. Oh, you're terrible. Oh, yeah, like it. group lessons. Yeah, group wow, lessons. Like I know. a flute girl band. Yeah, we were. <laughs> the atomic kitten of flutes. <laughs> we actually have a small announcement to make because of, I mean, unforeseen circumstances seems a bit dramatic. It's really difficult pinning down guests. I have to say, <laughs> that's the trickiest part of this podcast. Don't do a podcast that has guests over August, guys. It's a terrible <laughs> idea. Everyone is away and on holiday or taking the month off. Like, that's one thing. Also, I booked a trip to Madrid for almost a week. How kind selfish. of slap bang at the middle <laughs> of all of this. And so timing should adjust a little bit tight right now but we will be back on the 12th of september with our next guest so we're taking like a two-week break yeah sorry if you're going to miss us but there's lots of previous episodes to catch up on if you haven't listened to them all exactly it's just a brief hiatus brb also it just like longs us out a bit more so it's not over yet basically oh it's not over (laughs) oh it is not over we still have two cracking guests on their way so please keep tuned for that so let's chat about today's guest and it is an exciting one because it's our very first Man. It's a man. It's, it's a man. A man. <laughs> and it is a very incredible man. His name is Jules von Hepp, and he is a celebrity tanner and founder of the new and hugely successful tanning brand, Isle of Paradise. I'm sure you've heard about it. I'm sure you've seen it. It's a very gorgeous, Instagrammable brand that everyone is using. I love Isle of Paradise. I love the light mousse. I love the drops. You will hear us talk about that in the episode, along with how he created the brand, his previous career experience. We cover a lot. And prepping for this podcast was quite funny as we had to change all of our notes so that all the she's said he's and all the hers said his. Um, But we knew we wouldn't run out of things to chat about. We've met Jules once before and we got on like a house on fire. Although I've never understood that saying. What does that no, mean? I don't what know. do you mean get on like a house on fire? I feel like we do though. We met him and he's just someone who gives off such a lovely energy. Mm. He's very spiritual. We had quite a deep and meaningful conversation. I almost cried again. That's just standard in these episodes now. And also some really interesting tips for if you live in rented accommodation. I feel like we've had lots of feedback for that. He lives in rented accommodation and he's really injected his personality into his home. He has some very cool trinkets and he's very sentimental with things as well. Also, I just love his like pink glittery backdrop that he has in his kitchen for any films, videos and takes Instagram photos. That was so funny. <laughs> Whether you're a tanning expert or completely terrified of fake tan, I think you're going to like this episode because there are some really good tips in there that we asked Jules. There are. And if you love star signs, you're going to love this one. Oh, yeah. So we really hope you guys enjoyed this week's episode. Let us know what you think. And here's At Home With Jules von Hepp. <laughs> Oh, we're a bit hot. Okay. I know we say this every time, but it it really is, it's boiling. (laughs) We have to find something else to talk about other than the weather. Okay. seriously. We're we're here. We're going to go see Jaws. I can't wait. I can see a peek through the window. It's here. (gasps) Oh my God. Oh, it looks nice in there. It looks really nice. Okay, I'm going to knock on the door. Give it a knock. Is there a bell? Give it a knock. Firm knock. (laughs) I can hear (laughs) Hello. Hello. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I have a question to ask you. Jules Von Hepp. Where did the Von Hepp come from? We want to know if it's like Anna's version of Viviana Does Makeup, where she made up this like hilarious name when she started vlogging. Is it your more exotic version? (laughs) Yeah. That's Um, what we thought. So it came from, so I used to be a contributor for Radio 1, and every time I went on Radio 1, my real surname is Heptonstall, and in front of 8 million listeners, the presenter every single time would get my name wrong. And I was like, this is just not going to work for me as a brand. Like, I need to have a look. And then a school friend actually thought my real surname was Von Hetzenstall. 
And so then it just got abbreviated to Von Hepp and then it stuck, which is great because a lot of people keep buying me monogrammed JVH things. So (laughs) I'm very happy about that. That sounds so fancy. I love it. It does. Sounds regal, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. My boyfriend's Dutch. I'm like, I'm actually just going to be a Von. Oh my God. (laughs) Why the hell not? Why the hell not? So your expertise is in tanning, which we will come on to, but your background's in fashion, right? Yeah. Which is so interesting. Yes. So um, I, God, I went to an all boys school and was told, you know, you need to do marketing, you need to do um, a proper job, like be a lawyer or be a solicitor or whatever. And I studied, I flipped a coin before I went to university and it was either going to be between interior design or fashion and it landed on fashion. And so I put that down and then (laughs) went to fashion university. I did fashion marketing and then went into the industry and just realized very quickly that it wasn't for me and when people say oh you are a celebrity spray tanner that is not a title that I wanted or manifested (laughs) when I was younger that's not something I ever wanted to be but it's kind of a job that found me so I started yes in fashion and I love trends and I love looks and I worked backstage and with a lot of fashion designers as the start of my career and then I moved much more into beauty How did that happen? What happened next? I mean, I don't know if you know the story. I met uh, Kate Moss's facialist, Nicola Joss, and it was like a really random moment. We met and I was like, oh my God, you're amazing. Like, I really like your vibes. I like your energy. And she said to me, she said, have you ever thought about being a spray tanner? And I was like, I have a first class honours degree. Like, I (laughs) no, like not at all. But then she said, well, boys do really well at spray tanning. Gay boys do really well because... A lot of the time it's women and female clients and I think you'd be really, really good because anybody can do a spray tan but it's a certain type of personality that can really take it to the next level. And I was like, oh, I don't know. But I said, look, I I just thought I've met this woman, Nicola Joss. I'm going to give it a go. Let's see. So I got trained and I started tanning and at the time I was doing a desk job as well and I was doing tans on the side And I was like, I really like this. I really like this job. And I was tanning somebody randomly one day and she said, she said, are you really, really good with this? Like, I really like my tan every time. And she said, look, I'm a makeup artist, you know that, but I'm about to do all the makeup on The X Factor. It's my big gig and I need a spray tanner. Do you want to do it? And I legit had no idea what (laughs) I was doing. Like looking back, I mean, I obviously took it and I had an office job from Monday to Friday. And then at the weekends, I was doing all the tans on the X Factor. So I would go back in on Mondays and I was like, nobody knows what I have had to see. Like going through like a gated complex for the X Factor, walking past Lady Gaga in the corridors, Kelly Rowland being in the next room, meeting Rihanna. And I would go back and like sit and type emails on Monday. But like, I'm so tired, but (laughs) my career is moving at such a quick pace. So I worked on the year that Little Mix were on it. And then from there a makeup artist got in contact with me and she was the head makeup artist on Strictly. So I then did the spray tans on Strictly for three years. But in that time, that's when you start to build celebrity clients. And celebrities are, it's a very closed world, but once you're in, you're in. And the number gets passed around because I I just don't gossip because I really, I'm not nosy because I don't care about other people's <laughs> business. So it's it's this thing that I was getting booked on my discretion, but also the ability to do a kick-ass spray tan. And it just built. And I just thought, this is great. This is a really good job. I'm able to travel the world. I got signed to a big brand as their ambassador and was traveling the world with them, traveling the world with celebrities, doing tours, doing like shoots. And all of my friends were sat in the office going, oh my God, what are you doing? And I was like, I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> like, so I'm just crazy. winging it. And my life just, it flipped. It totally flipped about. And I just thought, I'm just going to enjoy this. I'm going to ride the wave because I know that desk work is not for me. Yeah. And when you started kind of tanning, was that about like 10 years ago? Yes. But that what Tanning wasn't a massive thing then. No. So I was one, I was part of the first ever spray tan team to go backstage at Fashion Week. So I worked really hard to make tan cool because it was when I was like, my first tan that I ever did at uni, I bought a tan in a can from Tesco below my halls, sprayed it on and it was awful. But I loved the feeling that it gave me. 
And I remember it back then it was the Wagtans. It was Colleen Rooney and yes. um, Victoria Beckham. And they were just rocking these awful tans. And it had this, I mean, I'm from the North as well. So it had this such stigma of what a spray tan meant. Like I, I did a show for Roland Murray and tanned Kendall Jenner for Pucci. I did loads of high fashion work but doing spray tan, so I was trying to desperately make it cool. And now formulations are so different and tanning is so different, but when I first started, it was just hair and makeup and maybe a bit of nails at a show, and now it's hair, makeup, nails, and skin. So, you know, I, I was part of that crew that added a category on backstage at Beauty. Yeah, because we were talking about, like, oh, if we remember our first kind of tanning experience. I don't think I actually started self-tanning until... Our- you know, like my blogging days, I was far too terrified. I did like a bit of a gradual moisturised tanner every now and again. But Oh no, I Anna think I'm, was... when I was 13, I remember going into Asda and there was only two tans that you could pick between. We're talking a long time ago, it's like 15 years ago now. There was two tans you could pick between. There was a Nivea one and another one. And I picked the Nivea one and I wasn't sure, what, there was no education out there that no one had told you what to do. And my mum wouldn't let me use it in the house because she was convinced that it would stain something. <laughs> so I had to stand in my back garden. I sprayed it like a couple of times on each leg. I didn't know if you had to rub it in, so I left it. <laughs> It dripped. I ended up with orange drips down my neck, like a splotch and a drip. And I had to wear shorts at PE that week. And it was horrifying. And to this day, I still remember that first ever terrible tan. But it's just so interesting how since then, the formulations... I mean, back then, sunbeds were a big thing. Yeah, sunbeds were big. And I, guilty, used to use the sunbeds when I was at university. And I, you know, learned about the damage. And then my dad sadly had skin cancer, which was all fine. He got it sorted. But I was part of a team that partitioned to get coin-operated sunbeds banned in the UK. I call them UV coffins. (laughs) And I think for me, as somebody who works in tanning wear, all I want to do is make people have the holiday glow but be safe. It just seems so ludicrous to me that somebody would go and bake themselves in that one of those uv Same. death traps i'm totally against them and i used to find it so frustrating because i've got moles everywhere and my auntie died of skin cancer so i used to find it so frustrating that when my friends would go in them and i couldn't really say why i hated them because i wasn't like educated enough about it but like tanorexia used to be a thing Are people now like that with self-tan Do you think that's yeah i think I mean, there's such a really there's an interesting thing with tan and it's like you said anna where you you remember everybody remembers the first tan that they have and it, even with me when i've been with clients and they come to me and they're like oh the first spray tan i had and the first this it's the ross from friends it's the, oh my if i had <laughs> a pound for the ross from friends you wouldn't be sat in a one-bedroom flat in shepherd's bush <laughs> let me tell you but tanning yeah it has come a long way but also experts were only just starting in tan when i started and so there's things like it learning to moisturize your hands before you apply your tan, learning to exfoliate. I remember being in a meeting and somebody saying, I think it really helps if you exfoliate. Like I've been there at the start when it's all, all of that's bubbling along. And so it was only through people like me who were so passionate about tan, but also made loads of mistakes in the early days and had to logically work out what I had needed to do to make it better, Mm. that tanning then became easy. And then because of people like you guys, you then relay the advice that you're given and you tell people how to do it properly and that's how tanning hasn't become scary anymore because the there is the most amazing sea of information that we can find now of every tip and every you know I want to say hack to be able to give the best tan. When did it switch for you because you just said that we're the ones relaying the advice but actually you've got a really big Instagram following and you've kind of become this you've got podcasts you've got two podcasts yes when did you make the switch from being just the you know the celebrity tanner to also having that sort of slashing your name I think I was really um I was always really conscious that I didn't want to just be labeled as the celebrity spray tanner I think the fact that I went to uni was this niggle in my head that I thought I can't just do this because I need I I like learning as well I like learning new things I like learning new tricks I love traveling and so I I actually was YouTubing and I started YouTubing I taught myself to edit and I taught because I thought just in case I don't want to do spray tanning anymore just in case something like happens I need something to fall back on So then I started that bubbling along. And then I think for me, I needed to create, especially with the podcast, I wanted to create something where it was another world because 
when you're working, especially in high fashion worlds, and I've never been that high fashion person, I'm very like, keep it real. But the fashion world is very, it it's hardcore. And I needed, at the time I was doing that fashion world, I needed something that was completely opposite. And so I met Sarah, my podcast co-host, randomly. She interviewed me while I was doing Strictly because she was a radio presenter. And we got on really well. And I said, like, this is weird, but do you want to go for a drink? <laughs> and she was like, yes! And she's very loud and screamy. And so we went for a drink and then we said, like, is it just us or are we just hilarious? Like, I think we should, <laughs> <laughs> I think we should start a podcast. And so um, we just started it. We just literally started it. We used to go, we used to record it in her radio studio after everyone had left the office. And we would sneak in and record the show and it just took off. It did really well. It's about, if you haven't listened before, maybe you're listening now, our show is about two Northerners that live in London. And it came from the fact that she would interview celebrities and I would be with very, very well-off people. And we'd both say, God, some people are really miserable. Like, <laughs> they have all the money in the world, but they're not happy. And so we wanted to create the show that that showed you that actually, God, life is so fun without having to fork out loads of money to have it. Um, and that really was when the tipping point started to happen. And I think once you start to all build it together, then it really does, you know, build up. But then Isle of Paradise launched and that's when it kind of like took off. So can we talk about Isle of Paradise? This is your brand, which is a self-tanning brand. Is that yes. what you call it? Yeah. And it's so like easy to navigate. It's kind of three colors for the different strength of shades. So how did that all come about? So... I never wanted my own tanning brand. It was never a thing that I aspired to have. Um, I was always working with different brands and using them through my gun and like spraying clients with it on using it on myself. And this was just something that I always naturally did backstage. I would mix makeup on top because I was trained in makeup as well. And I was sometimes when when I was tanning that it just looked a bit dull or it looked matte. And I was... I just kept thinking I need this to glow. I need the skin to look perfect. So I'd, I'd always had the idea of the Isle of Paradise and the concept because if you're not familiar with the concept, it's colour corrective tanning. So it combines colour corrective makeup theory with self-tan. And that essentially is my career in a bottle. But when it came to the name and the branding and what it was all about, that's essentially, again, part of my soul in that because tanning for so long was just seen as a sexy industry that was designed for you to take your clothes off in front of somebody else, whether that's at the pool or whether that's at the beach or whether it's like to bring a guy home with, whatever. And I, it was never what it meant to me. And so I remember looking out there and trying to find like something that was identifying with me. And I was thinking, I, I'm not connecting. I'm not connecting with a brand. I'm not connecting with an Instagram page. And I just thought, I have got to do this. I have this position in the industry as a beauty expert. I've got to change the way that people think about tan. And so when we launched Isle of Paradise, the campaign, that's why we used a curve model because the bodies that I was working with every single week, thousands of naked women were not being represented in the campaigns that women who were buying tan were seeing in the shops. And for me, that was a massive issue. And I think to buy a product to use on your body when you apply it when you're naked, if you are seeing somebody in a campaign that you can't relate to or are being spoken to in a way that you can't relate to, that's not going to make you feel great about tan. And tan, yes, it is a product that you put on your skin, but it also has an emotional connection. And that's one of the reasons I massively love it because you feel so much better when you're tanned. Oh, totally. amen. Can I just say I tanned <laughs> last night, especially for you? You look great. Thank you. I use the light mousse and I love it. Yeah, I so do. you love the mousse, whereas I'm all about the tanning drops. Oh, no, I use those on my face as well. Yeah. I'm like a mix. The green one. Do you use one. those on your body? I've, I've mixed them with a gradual tanner. And it does Ooh. work. It gives it like extra oomph. Yeah, and I sometimes put the drops in with my mousse. Just to darken my mousse up. But <laughs> that's what she was as hardcore. <laughs> <laughs> How often do you tan? So I tan. It's really funny when you are like a face of a tanning brand, you have to be quite careful because you've got to test products, but also your tan has to look on point all the time. Yeah. So as a rule, I like to do two weeks on, one week off because I need it to all fade evenly underneath. Whereas I remember when I last saw you girls at an event, I was like, 
10 weeks on <laughs> and I was like every single week I was doing like store appearances or doing TV and I was like I need another tan I need another tan and I, it got itself a little bit out of control so I had to have a week off when I was on holiday I was like this all needs to come off and then you apply again but I travel a lot as well we sell the brand in America so I'm back and forth in America and so I have to kind of time my tans in a really weird way like I will tan on like Wednesday at 10.30 and shower it off <laughs> oh four hours God. later. It's all like this. It has to fit around my mental routine. <laughs> it's amazing that it sells in America though. Like how long did it actually take from like idea to launch? From idea to launch, it took, I would say two years, but it doesn't take two years to launch a brand. It takes 10 years over, over I want to say a billion bodies looking at and years of expertise going into a formulation. Mm. But we launched in March this year. And Is it only March? Yeah, we That's only crazy. launched in March. And we are sold across the most amazing retailers. But Boots in the UK and then Sephora in the US. That's <laughs> unbelievable. I'll never forget the Sephora phone call. And both the Boots phone calls, actually. Like, it's a moment where you're like, I'll just bring out a brand and we'll see what happens. I was very British, I think. And I was yeah, it'll probably sell in a little boutique yeah. and something will work out. And then my business partner's like, it's going into boots. And I was like, oh my God. And then it's going into Sephora. And I had to like lie down and just turn the lights off for like five minutes. And when Isle of Paradise launched, it was an incredibly overwhelming feeling because the night before it comes, like, you know what the product looks like. You've tested it and you've tested it on your clients and everybody's been really secretive. But the moment that night that it launched and the next day, I remember just feeling so overwhelmed. The messages from girls and guys who've never tanned before and felt connected and were buying the product and loved the campaign. Then people who just loved the concept and it's just this wave of influx of lovely messages. And even now it's just constant and I try and give as much advice as I can back on my Instagram constantly of how to apply the best tan. It's a lovely feeling that it's indescribable unless you have launched your own brand. I think it must be like when you yeah. have your first baby, you can't describe it <laughs> unless somebody else has had a baby. You're just part of the founders club. They're the only people who are going to relate, you know? Yeah. It is beautiful though. It's a very like, as well, obviously the product itself is incredible, but it also looks amazing. It's quite like Instagram brand. Is that okay to say? Yeah, of course it is. But <laughs> I think as well, like, I love Instagram yeah. and I like photographing my products and I like things to look nice. Yeah. And obviously I wanted my brand to look chic so I have to do that but it really does see I went into boots to find it just after launch thinking like oh it's new and I was in like quite a small boot so I was like oh maybe they won't have it oh wait no there was a whole display I couldn't believe just how big that initial launch it didn't just gradually like sprinkle into shops it was like a full-on in one day yeah it was a pretty much overnight boom amazing I know and when you were deciding on the packaging because I'm looking over here and you've got like mood boards on the wall is it kind of that sort of process yeah um I knew that I wanted it to not look like any other brand at all um I think within the tanning sector there's a lot of browns and blacks and golds and that is just not that's not me I'm Mm. the most ridiculous colorful wild person ever and like, I have mood boards here because I work from home. I don't have a glamorous life. People think I'm going to have this, like, amazing glamorous life. It's like, no, no, no. I sit on a laptop and just answer emails about things that I have no idea about, like numbers <laughs> and things like that. Yeah, the mood boards, as a rule, we're happy, we're fun. The word sexy is banned in our office. We say tanning is for everybody, everybody. So whatever shape, whatever size, whatever skin tone, you are part of our crew. And I think that is how... I always have operated, but also how I treat my clients. So I'm not better than anybody else. And I don't speak down to anybody else. And that's what Isle of Paradise does. It speaks across to you. And like, it's it's your mate, because mm. I'm your mate. It's like really simple. Jules, I love you. I love you too, babe. <laughs> I love both of you. Aww. We were saying, you've probably seen more naked women than Adam from Love Island has. Has this definitely, taught you? Definitely. That's what, that's he said he's seen 200. Oh, You've definitely seen more than oh, 200 God. naked 100%. bodies. I could make a gynecologist cry, I reckon. <laughs> <laughs> so you were saying earlier that you are the first brand to use curvy models. Yeah. So what has kind of spray tanning all these women taught you about body confidence? Like, is it anything to do with dress sizes? What amazed me the most when I was spray tanning, and when I first started, when you work in tanning, it's a very naked industry because you have to test and so I remember 
one of my first days working for a brand, I had to literally just take my clothes off in front of a product developer and just get spray tanned. And I was like, I'm just going to have to get over any issue that I've got. So that started the eradication of my body hangups. But then when I was working with women, it became very apparent quickly that it's up to me to make you feel comfortable because people are really, really embarrassed about their bodies. And it's, it was amazing because so many people would apologise for the same thing. So, like, I hate my cellulite. And it's like, everyone I've seen today has got cellulite. So I don't know why you're apologising about this. <laughs> or I'm sorry about my feet. And it's like, everyone's feet are rank. No one likes their feet. <laughs> Unless you're a foot model. Like, nobody. And especially mums, they would apologise for their figures or their breasts. Or people who have maybe alopecia were apologising about their hair. But... I, I mean, I've heard every excuse possible and everybody has hang-ups, but what you see when you look in the mirror is not what other people see. And that is something that really, like, floored me, which is why Aloe Paradise is so body, like, positive, but it's why, Jules and, like, Jules and Sarah, we launched Wobble. And Wobble is a podcast about body confidence and mental health. And it's to show that we all have our own shit basically Mm. and we all are going to have issues but with body confidence you know what you might feel like you have if you are looking or comparing yourself to your friends or to the girl at the other side of the pool or to a guy that you've seen on Instagram it's all in your head if you something that I've learned along the way is if you have a lovely, healthy body that you can move about with and you can enjoy life with, then you should be really grateful for that because so many people don't. And so many people spend so much time repeating these negative affirmations to themselves about their bodies and saying, sorry for this, or I hate this, or trying to hide something that they hate. But actually, you know, when it all bottles down, you might get hit by a bus tomorrow. And if you've spent your whole life thinking that, then it's just doesn't feel worth it. Okay, so when we first asked you to be on this podcast, you said, just a warning, I'm literally in a one bed flat and it's not glamorous. But that's exactly why we wanted to have you on here. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I'm really I'm, relatable. I keep it real. I keep it real. And also, it's a lovely flat. Thank it's you. It's really nice. You said that you do have plans to move soon. I am moving in with the boy. <gasps> oh, boy. Yes. Yes. We're trying to house hunt now because I'm still on the old rental market. But it's funny where and how I pick a flat is just so down to practicality. I need to be on a ground floor because I have kit and cases and couriers and I just cannot lug a tanning booth up Flight, like eight flights of stairs. Oh, I thought kits and cases were like cats. I've got kit and cases. I was like, <laughs> oh. oh, can we meet them? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> They're out at the moment getting a pedi, to be honest. But <laughs> right, makes sense. So your requirements are ground floor. What else? Ground Good floor. Good light. <laughs> great light. Just as much space as I can because I don't know if you can see in the corner all the boxes. That is all our podcast merch. <gasps> When we do live shows, we sell mugs and t-shirts, but people think it must go... No, it sits in my living room and it's the same, like, it's just beauty products. You girls will know. We just get given and it's so wonderful. But when you're an expert, when you're a pro, you get sent so much stuff to put in your kit. So it's lots of scrubs and lots of body bronzers and mitts and moisturizers. And it's stuff that I need when I'm doing shoots. So... That all needs to be stored somewhere. And then we've got the festival wardrobe, winter wardrobe, <laughs> pre-fall. It all needs to get stored. So you're just looking for space. Basically, my boyfriend and I worked out what we needed was like a four-bedroom detached house with garage. But we're in London, we you know, <laughs> just having, having to scale it back. <laughs> have you have you had a look so far? Well, how has your search been going so it's far? It's going well. It's going well. But we, we're actually exploring a new area this evening because he's he's Dutch so he only knows the areas of London that he knows whereas I'm really lucky with my job because I go to people's houses so I actually know London really well because I know like where the good areas are and when they're not and and that's how I chose this area because I knew it was really good to get in central on the central line but also it's really close to Chiswick and the river which is amazing it's a lovely place you said that when you leave here you're going to be very sad I am going to be sad because Isle of Paradise was born here. I was working here and this is where it all started to happen. And 
Sarah and I record our podcast in my bed and I've had so many amazing house parties here and I think that's the thing that I'll miss the most all the memories because there's like scuffs everywhere and I'm like that's where that friend fell over in her heels but that friend <laughs> spilled her drink like all of that which yeah. and I'm and I'm such a ha- I'm such an entertainer I'm such a house party person and I also spray tan clients here so I, this is kind of like my zone it's my space and yeah to leave that is um Ah, it'll make me sad. It'll yeah. make me sad. When I had this and I thought when I left my flat, I thought, oh, I'm going to miss it so much. And then the minute all your stuff is out and then your stuff is in a new place, actually, wherever your stuff is feels like home. Yeah. And I think you'll be surprised. I think I'll really miss my landlady as well. <laughs> I, ju- I met her when we did a viewing and I was with my ex-boyfriend back then and... I just instantly was like, you're amazing. And mm. she's just such a cool, fun character. And, and I will really, really miss her like, and regular chats with her. You can meet nice. for coffee. I know, I've been like, can we be friends? Please? You can. It's nice to hear a nice like landlord, landlady story, actually. Well, I also believe just be good. Be a nice, kind yeah. person. And then you'll just always have nice, kind people in your life. Definitely. How long have you lived here for? Three years. Wow. You've got some serious good vibes going on. And I noticed some crystals. Oh, there's some over there. Oh, they're everywhere. Ah, oh, so let's talk about crystals. What's your thoughts on it? What's your favourite? I've always hidden the fact that I'm very spiritual. And I've kept it, like at home, I've always had crystals. And I've always had like Palo Santo. And I've always burnt sage. Ever, ever since I was like 25. And now it's like a massive trend, which is great because it means you can be really open about it. I love crystals. Yeah, I love crystals. (laughs) I am a huge believer in energy and positivity and being grateful for being alive. So crystals, they are a way of, I find, feeling connected to nature, but also feeling connected to the energy of the earth. And I do everything, like I put them in water and put them out underneath the moonlight and I carry them and I buy friends crystals or I buy makeup artists or clients crystals and I make my clients hold a crystal when they have a spray tan and we talk about intention and we talk about gratitude. Like I always say like, what are you grateful for? So yeah, my boyfriend thinks it's an absolute load of bollocks, but I am totally, <laughs> totally into it. That's probably why you work well together. Yeah. There needs to be a balance. Are you into star signs? Massively. Oh, yes. Yes, what star sign are you? I'm a Virgo. <laughs> Oh my god, I'm so happy right now. Anna's like in heaven right now. Oh my god. I could feel it. I'm a Virgo too. I knew you were a Virgo. Mm. I could feel that. You could feel it. Oh my god. I'm Sagittarius. I don't even know what that means. I'm like a half goat or something, aren't I? No, Sag is a great. Are they? Really loyal. Like a bit stubborn, but loyal. Yes, that's me. She's so stubborn. Loyal. What you also also need to learn is your moon sign and your rising signs. So they really affect you as well. So there's an amazing app called CoStar and you can get that it tells you how your signs relate with your friends you can add it all into the book it's almost like Facebook but for star signs see I did that and then I looked into mine and my husband's star sign and apparently we're like two of the worst (laughs) what's he? I think he's Aquarius is that January? no Aquarius is February oh he's late January He, he could I be think, like, I'm I think he's, I think he's Aquarius and Aquarius is in Virgos. It's like, this is one of the, the least compatible <laughs> on the start They side. say that my boyfriend's a, um, a Scorpio and they say that Scorpios and Virgos oh, yeah, are not, and you're yeah. not supposed to be like good together. I think we're good together. I think we yeah. should get married. We think it's a very interesting place. <laughs> So you're living in rented accommodation, Mm. but it still feels very you. Mm. Do you have any tips and advice for injecting personality into a space that you don't necessarily own? Yeah, so as a renter, it can sometimes feel deflating when you walk into a flat and they've got some kind of glossed brown leather sofa that you just think, oh no. I have always rented unfurnished. I think that makes a massive difference. I have learnt that photos really, really make a huge difference in a flat. I'm from the north and all my family don't live here. Um, My brother luckily lives in London, but didn't always. And so I've had to have photos around the flat and nice things that remind me of home. Like you're sat on a chair that was given for my christening and this sofa bed a client gave me when she moved. And so I collect stuff from friends. And I mean, I'm very lucky that I travel loads. So I pick up things like that Stranger Things picture there is from... 
Madrid. I bought that when I was in between a job. And then there's pictures in the hallway that are vintage cigarette posters from when I lived in Shanghai. I and love those. I lived in um, Australia as well. So there's lots of Australian things. That's why I have eucalyptus here. Then there's also, you'll see on the walls, there's glass frames, but I dry flowers from important events and press them so like when I gave my best friend away or when I was a bridesman or the first bouquet of flowers that my boyfriend bought me I've kept and pressed and I put them in a frame oh my god but this, that- I'm so emotional this podcast <laughs> <laughs> that is so nice how thoughtful are you that's really good advice yes Just, it's all these individual touches the space feels very you pick up little things and also yeah. every time you travel get something tiny because it will always remind you of that space and I like mixing like god there's a lot of Ikea in here but there's also things that you know I found in flea markets and I hate to it like I never wanted to be that kind of person but I'm so happy I am that's like I found it in a flea market in Burma (laughs) and I was like oh god um but yeah I think as well I think living with housemates when I was in my 20s really taught me different things and you pick up different like skill sets like I have candles everywhere because my housemate used to literally create a seance every night. But it was the loveliest thing to come home to, all these candles burning. And I was like, this is so nice. I also can't bear a dark house, so I have the lights on all the time, which is really bad for the environment, but never mind. (laughs) (laughs) No, I think a good candle makes all the difference in a home. So this room we're in now is like your living room. This is my living room, yeah. And this is where I work as well. Oh, really? What, you just sit on the sofa? I just sit on the sofa. My back is completely ruined, but I sit and work in here. And as well, it's really light. Yeah, the, uh... it's good vibes. We always like to describe what we can see because obviously we get to see it, no one else does. But it's so nice. There's so many pictures on the wall and shelves full of like colourful books. A little Isle of Paradise collection over yeah. there. <laughs> well, it's funny. You always need product because when you're answering quotes or when you are looking at, you know, speaking to retailers, you just need to know what's in every product tonight. Yeah. I ha- my 20s were amazing, so my short-term memory is not. Um, I love cookbooks, and that's something that is everywhere. There's a lot of cookbooks. I made myself when I was 20, I think, four, and I desperately wanted a boyfriend, and I was like, I'm going to make myself the best cook ever, just so he falls in love with me when I make him breakfast. Oh. And so I taught myself, every single week I taught myself a new recipe, but then I became really addicted to food and healthy eating, and knowing what's in your food I think that is really important and sadly I don't have time to cook as much as I used to because I travel loads now with work but I, that's why I have so many cookbooks and sometimes I just read them for inspiration I just love the fact that I can create something lovely my mum always said to me if you cook something with love then it tastes better and it's so true I love a good cookbook. I've got many myself, but this this definitely, yeah, you've you've beaten my collection. And you haven't got room for them in your kitchen because in your kitchen you have this like pink glittery holographic. <laughs> Please explain, explain that. We walked in and we were like, oh my God. <laughs> Pub to club this house is, isn't it? So the glitter curtain is where I film all the how-to videos for Isle of Paradise or I film... We're trying to make loads on Instagram TV now because I just keep getting asked the constantly, how do I tan my hands? How do I tan my back? And I was like, I can't keep answering this. So I'm just going to make videos on it. There's also lots of jars everywhere. I'm trying to really reduce the amount of plastic that I have in the kitchen at the moment. I found an amazing shop around the corner from Inch, is it called sourced where you go in with a glass jar and you fill it up with like peanut butter or you fill it up with something they have it in big vats and it's really good for the environment so I'm trying to change that the table in the kitchen is the one thing which I would save in a fire because it was my grandma's table and we used to sit and I I might cry and we, we used to sit by the window and always chat at that table and we'd always wrap Christmas presents at that table so when she passed that was the one thing I was like please can I just have this table and so it's like my pride and joy and it's covered in scratches it's covered in everything and sometimes like it it opens up and it has like a space in the middle to put plates but when I open it up I can sometimes smell her farm I don't know why but it's like and I just love it Although Sarah, my co-host, thinks it's ridiculous that I would save a table in a fire and tries to imagine me taking a wooden table out of a house in a fire. But I was like, I'd go down with it. <laughs> it's not the easiest thing to remove. But <laughs> I think that's so lovely. And you, you talk a lot about traveling. You travel a lot. And you're a northern lad in London. Where is home for you? Where do you feel most at peace? 
Home definitely is wherever my parents are. We moved quite a few houses when I was a kid, so I've not got an attachment to an area as such. I've lived overseas as well, so once you've done that, you don't actually get attached to a place. Wherever my parents are, home, I love being in the countryside, and my grandma was a farmer, and I grew up in the middle of nowhere, so for me city life isn't actually home but I'm here for work and I love it but every weekend like you might have seen on my Instagram I'm always out of London getting out and exploring I think wherever I am quite comfortable in my own skin I got an anchor tattooed at the top of my back because I'm my own anchor so I can literally put that thing down wherever I am and I'll be okay so home is really yeah where my parents are or where my boyfriend is oh and you've spoken about your like morning routine before like good coffee you know, coffee snob, it's okay, we all are. And, and classic FM. I love that you have this like classical music background thing that I never yeah, would have guessed. Yeah, so um, I, <laughs> I love talking about this. I'm so glad you asked me this. I was trained in classical music, like from the age of five to 18. I played the violin and then I played the flute um, and did music theory. And I still listen to classic FM all the time. And I would love, I would love to have a show on Classic FM. Imagine oh me God, being like, so that was Rivaldi, babes. <laughs> that would be amazing. Do um, you still play? I haven't played for ages and I got my flute out of its case this year and I got upset because I couldn't remember all the notes and I was like, oh. So it is one of my goals to have a flute lesson this year. But I also love techno and no one can understand this combination, but to go from classical music to techno is just all beats and sounds. And like, so I have a love of like classical music and going to like piano recitals, but then I also love raving and I'm obsessed with 90s rave. It's like completely contrast. You should just have your own radio station that's like flute, techno, mix. There you go. Oh, no, maybe. <laughs> See, I used to play the flute too, which was a bit moldy inside. No, I was very clean. Oh, were you? Okay, I had yeah. one of those brushes, the yeah, bike cleaner brushes. Yes, yeah, this is what you do. It's like a little knitting needle. Anyway, my best friend yeah, takes it and so I'm, up it goes. <laughs> <laughs> I always used to leave mine on the school bus constantly. Oh, my mum used to go mental. I had lessons with my two best friends and we made each other laugh so much that two of us had to face the wall while the other one played. Because otherwise we would just laugh. And you can't laugh and play the flute. No, it's a, bit it's a problem. tricky. bit tricky. To wrap this up, we would love to have a little look in your bathroom cabinet. Oh my God. Can we? Yes, yes, Can of we? course. That would be amazing. Okay. This is exciting. This is my favourite thing, like rummaging around someone's beauty stuff. And you've got a good mix here. This is quite high end, I'd say. Oh, babes, I'm a beauty junkie. What? Yeah, this like, is luxury. I'm seeing the drunk elephant. Yeah. I'm guessing you would have picked that up in Sephora. Yeah, do you know, it's a really funny thing. I travel constantly. I mean, I've said it so many times, but I love beauty. And even though we're really lucky and we get sent kit essentials, I buy beauty and I love going into stores. I love chatting to men and women who work in beauty. I like to know. I like someone to look at my skin. Like for us, like when you meet a PR, it's like, this is this new product. But you don't know if it's going to actually work for you. And sometimes there's some golden oldies back, like, that aren't being pushed. But you're like, that's a really good product. Definitely. Have you got any golden oldies in here? There is a Clarins 2-in-1 exfoliating face wash for men. And whenever my skin is breaking out, that is the thing that I go back to. And just every time my skin just is beautiful when I use it. Yeah, I love Clarins. Any other favourites from your stash here? I'm loving Sunday Riley Good Jeans. Yes. Which I hear has been reformulated. So I'm a bit, I'm on edge with that <laughs> one. Um, I also picked up this. Uh, now this is a body oil, but it has flowers in it. I got it from Urban Outfitters in America. Oh, and wow. I love, I just love their beauty, but it's so nice in the winter. It's got like dried flowers in. It just feels really like luxurious. Margella fragrances constantly. They are just so, they last so nicely on the skin. Drunk Elephant, yeah, the hydrating gel is so lovely. It's so lightweight. I also love La Roche-Posay SPF 50 oil. Obviously, Isle of Paradise, which we can see here. And this Brazilian Balm Balm Cream. Now, I've used this. It was a little bit glittery for me, but do you like do you like the glitter? I'm a gay man. I love that <laughs> shimmer. I actually haven't seen the glitter within it. I oh, haven't. Really? I've only just got it, so I'm having a play with it at the moment. I've also just discovered a hair brand in America called IGK. Oh, I love IGK. Oh, my. 
my days. Like, I was incredible. doing, I was doing training in store, and I'm the worst when I'm doing training in store because I end up just shopping. The girl said, you know, you would probably really like this cleansing oil for the hair because it takes out your product, but then you don't have to pack two products. It's just one. Well, it's changed my life. That's it. Complete revelation in the hair world for me. Yeah, it's Their an amazing sprays. brand. They do like a beach spray, the dirty spray, the jet lag. Dry shampoo. The dry shampoo. Oh, I absolutely love that brand. This I'm really enjoying as well, the Bare Minerals Complexion Rescue Defense. Have you tried it? I am using it now because SPF is so important and I like it to sit underneath, you know, makeup. So I need it to like be lightweight. I'm liking it so far. It's really, it's really rare that I like all my products out because it's wash bags. I'm just on the hoof constantly. So I'm a, I'm a decanter and I like have a bag that literally is packed permanently. Oh, you and Anna are so similar. <laughs> <laughs> she has it, she has this like travel bag that's just always there and then she just refills it with cotton pads or whatever's decanted in there. Yeah, I, we are pretty yeah, similar. Yeah, who does exactly Virgos. <laughs> <the laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Unite. To round things off, I know you said that people ask you this all the time, but me and Lily do have some fake tan inquiries to ask you and I really would like to know how to fake tan my hands. God, even when I said. I know, <laughs> So I know. the trick is, with tanning your hands, moisturise them at the start of the tan application. Or backs as well, palms back and, and back. front, and okay. in between your fingers and your nails. Then, when it comes to applying the tan onto your hands, you just sweep them over once or twice. What you then need to do is not be a smart bitch and be like, yeah, it's done, and go to bed. You then need to take the care and remove the tan from where you don't want it to be. So, fluffy sports sock, turn it inside out, and buff your knuckles and buff your wrists and just lift that excess colour off. Put micellar water on a wipe and wipe your palms and wipe your nails and in between your fingers. And then an amazing tip, if you get that tan sleeve where it all sticks around your wrist, exactly, exhibit A that we can exhibit see Exhibit A, here. I, just, I just showed after you've, yeah, after you've applied your tan, put a towel on the back of the door, put moisturiser on your wrist and just rub your wrists together and it'll stop that from happening. There you go. Life um, changed. When it comes to exfoliating, I'm like, am I using the right one? Like, do you think like a mitt, like exfoliating mitt is better or just like a... A mitt's great as long as it's an oil-free scrub. So if you want an amazing body scrub, the Aesop one is one of the best, I think. But if you don't want to invest in a scrub, just get sugar, just add in some lemon, maybe put like some almond oil in there, like just a tiny, tiny bit. And then just exfoliate with that with gloves. And it does exactly the same. But exfoliating makes a huge difference for a spray tan. Amazing. And then we also had hair removal questions in terms of like <laughs> tanning. Seriously. Yeah, the old deep Like I, I epilate. So do I have to do that like the day before? Yeah, day before. The reason we say this as experts <laughs> and you say 24 hours before application is because sometimes if you did it like just before you tan your skin might feel a bit sensitive. So then you put the tan on and you might have this stinging sensation. It's just because we want you to have the most enjoyable experience possible. But if you are gonna be lazy and be like, I'll just do it two seconds before I put the tan on, the tan will be fine, but you just might feel more sensitive. Tanning God. You are a tanning guru. Thank <laughs> you so much. <laughs> Thank you. Amazing. there you have it Jules Von Hepp what a guy I seriously love him you can find Jules on Instagram at Jules Von Hepp and you can also follow his brand at the Isle of Paradise it's available to purchase at Boots ASOS Feel Unique Beauty Base Sephora and isleofparadise.co.uk wow that was a list impressive <laughs> subscribe rate and review us on iTunes and listen on Acast if you want to see the photos sound and production by Amy Elizabeth we hope you have a great week and we oh. won't be back next Wednesday, no. but we will be back on Wednesday the 12th of September. So we will see you guys then. See you then. Bye. Bye.